Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How you feeling today, Chuck? I'm better now. You're better. Better now. Yeah, it's, you were you were looking kind of rough. It's yeah. like ten minutes ago. You were looking pretty rough, honestly. No, and then all of a sudden, just whew, you get this fantastic episode of I Good Morning Liberty, and it gets Liberty, you going. Liberty surge, <laughs> running well, like the old Coke from 1990. <laughs> surge running through my body. None of these Gen Zers would understand. Coca Cola, you mean, or like a surge? Surge. Oh, yeah. I got you. Okay. Old, the green stuff. Well, you know, we can't talk about surge anymore because that's a militaristic term. And that's actually what we were all drinking was insurgency. just insurgency. Insurgency. <laughs> yeah. We can't do that anymore. Surge is a derivative of <laughs> insurgency. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Yesterday was tax day. So we're we're feeling it today. Just all types of. Hey, I'm broke. Anger. We can barely walk. And uh, just a, just a really rough day yesterday. But today, we've got some other news going on. And mm. uh, and we're starting a little bit later today. So the so the show's got to move on just a little bit faster than it normally does. Mm-hmm. So Doesn't char- mean you shouldn't hit that subscribe button, though. You really should smash that subscribe button. Mm. That's what you got to do. That's or, right. Or follow. Whichever yes. one. Whichever one works for you. Either way is fine. And if you do that, then, uh, well, we love you. All right, well, let's start with topic number one from Reason.com right here. So you know there's this recall election going on in California. That's that's going that's on. That's a thing. That's a thing that's it's happening. Mm-hmm. And it seems like ever since the actual recall election was a real thing, Gavin Newsom has been doing all these things to try and make people less mad at him. It's like, hey, guys, I'm not that bad. Take a take a look at this. Yeah, look, look, look. I'll I'll get rid of the mask mandates. No, no more get, masks. Yeah, we'll we'll take mm. away all these things. Hey, just randomly. The timing is, is has nothing to do with the fact that there's a recall election yeah. going on whatsoever. So anyway, Reason did a really nice piece called "Are Gavin Newsom's six hundred dollar checks a redistributive vote buying scheme, or is it a welcome return of stolen goods?" So here's what's happening right now: people in California. Two-thirds of them, anyway, you're going to be getting $600 checks from the state because mm. the state's got all this money. Flush with a surprise budget surplus and facing an impending recall election, Gavin Newsom is engaging a little populist politicking by proposing to send checks straight to state residents. Those checks will budget come... Budget surplus? They got a big budget surplus really big yeah those checks will come as part of the democrats hundred billion dollar california comeback plan (laughs) i love it when you can come up with cool names for after you screw something up really bad Mm -hmm. you know you're like ah it's the california comeback everyone get involved in this made possible by a staggering 75 billion dollars in excess state revenues an additional 25 billion in federal coronavirus aid man I I thought they were hurting. What happened? They were until the federal government decided to give money out to the states. That's right. And they were one of the biggest recipients. Mm -hmm. The details of how all that money will be spent will be trickled out by Newsom's team. By the way, this is trickle down (laughs) economics if I ever heard of it. (laughs) They take the money from you and then they take it from other people also. And then they trickle it down to other people. All right, hoping for a crescendo of budget news to build throughout the week and culminate with the unveiling of the governor's revised state spending plan on Friday, reports the LA 
Times. Hey, we have another article from the LA Times coming up next. The governor was nevertheless eager to telegraph the checks when he announced the state's huge budget surplus on Monday. Quote, here's what he said. We are tripling the Golden State stimulus to get money in the hands of more middle-class Californians who have been hit hard by this pandemic and mainly our state's response to it. He didn't say that. Okay, two in three Californians, also known as two-thirds, will receive a check from the state. (laughs) Perhaps as intended, the checks are forcing Newsom's Republican opponents, including contenders in the upcoming recall election, to perform some awkward political contortions as they try to criticize the governor without coming out against free money. Quote from some of the Republicans here. All right. One-time payments for just one year isn't enough. (laughs) Not nearly enough. That's right. Former San Diego mayor and current gubernatorial contender Kevin Falconer said, we need permanent, lasting tax relief for middle-class families. I could agree with that, actually. Mm -hmm. He's saying that these checks are not enough. What we need to do is actually cut taxes. Okay, so I could get behind that. Ironically, these checks are likely mandated by a decades-old ballot initiative, and I did not know about this until I read this article. They are mandated by a decades-old ballot initiative passed by anti-tax activists trying to limit government largesse. That initiative, in 1979, uses a complicated formula that incorporates population growth and inflation to cap the allowable amount of government spending Mm. in California. California has that. How about that? I wonder how many other states have this. When revenues exceed that cap, the GAN limit, which is named for the uh, person who came up with the extra money has to be returned to the taxpayers. Weird. So, that's, that's a crazy idea. But you know, it's based on expenses and stuff like that. So that most of the time they yeah. just exceed their budget. Subsequent amendments to the law require half of excess revenues to be given to public schools. Man, these schools are going to be built out of gold <laughs> or Bitcoin. I don't know which, which one. Man. The limit has been triggered once before in 1987. It takes two years to calculate precisely how much of a budget surplus has to be returned to taxpayers, but Newsom is wasting no time in getting this money out the door. His staff is insisting that the checks satisfy the GAN's limit requirements. The estimated amount of money the state has to surrender under Proposition 4 is $16 billion, half of which will fund the second round of stimulus checks. The other $8 billion will go to education. Mm. So they pose an interesting question in this, which is, this is the state giving tax money back to people, right? And so there's a chance where libertarians could say, oh, this is good. This is the state giving money back to people. We've even said a bunch of times this idea, the GAN limit on their, on their budget surplus, that's a good idea. But there's, but there's a problem with that. The state revenues depend heavily on income taxes levied on high earners and on state capital gains taxes. The highly paid professionals and the owners of capital who pay those taxes have done quite well for themselves during a pandemic, with much of their good fortune filling the state's overflowing coffers. Newsom stimulus checks, therefore, take a surplus funded largely by high-income earners and redistribute it to low- and middle-income Californians. So when you ask the question, is the fact that they are giving this money back a good idea, uh, it's complicated because they're not giving it back to the people that actually paid it. That it was taken from. Yeah. Okay. They're redistributing the money. They're taking it from the rich and giving it to the poor, like a Robin Hood who kills you if you don't listen to him. All right. To be sure, putting money in individuals' pockets to spend as they see fit seems a better use of excess government government revenues than lavishing it on state bureaucracies. The governor himself 
The governor, Gavin Newsom, said the same thing. Here's a quote from Gavin Newsom. He said, we believe people are better suited than we are to make determinations for themselves on how to best use these dollars. What? What? Let me hold. Wait, hold on. Apply that to every, all of the dollars. All the people. How about not just the people who are going to qualify for the stimulus? How about the people you took the money from too? Right. All right. We believe people are better suited than we are to make the determinations for themselves on how to best use these dollars. True. That's true. No cap. It's always facts based. (laughs) It's always true. He's on one right there. So does that hold on? Wait, hold on. Hold on a sec. Does that mean that the people that they're taking the money from, that they're not best suited to make determinations on where that money should go? Or does, no. does this apply all this, the time? This, it should. We believe people in general. That's what he's saying. People <laughs> are better suited than we are, the government, to make determinations for themselves on how best to use these dollars. Tax dollars. The yes. dollars we've taken from people. That's true. No cap. The other problem with this is that a lot of this money came from other places, not just from California, not just from their capital gains. They were given a substantial amount of money from the federal government, from the last stimulus plan. To, from high to, earning New York to, by, by yeah, taxpayers. So exactly. <laughs> and now they're going to redistribute that to people in California. So overall, it's like... Ah. Stone Steve Cole Dawson said he just made an argument for no one for governor. Yeah. <laughs> he also said that argument slaps. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look... I'm not saying don't vote for them. I'm not saying just don't don't, don't vote for me either. Just don't vote for me. Because I don't believe in governors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well say, I don't think we need to have a government anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. You guys are actually better at spending this money than I am. Yeah. How is he going to levy any taxes after saying something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Man. Uh, Everyone's got the liberty itch, I believe. A little. Well, eventually. He's trying to win an election yeah. right now is what's happening. All right. Trickle D says uh, Newsom's acting a little sus. <laughs> he is a little sus. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. That's right, bro. There's no cat, bro. Mm-hmm. All right. An infuriating article, Charlie, that from you're going to read us from the LA Times, but it's not infuriating in the way you think it's going to be because the LA Times is letting everyone know that you have the same immunity from coronavirus if you had coronavirus as if you got the vaccine. No. Yeah. No. Yes. That's what they're talking but about in this article. you still need to get vaccinated. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app, BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone. All right. If you are having a tough time getting by right now, maybe you're dealing with anxiety. Maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be. Maybe you're not finding the meaning in life, you know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com GML, you make an account, they ask you some questions about yourself, some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with a therapist that they think will work best for you. 
If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one, okay? It's safe, it's secure, it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen, taking care of your brain, of your mental health is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do, okay? So maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app, you can do video call, you can do voice calls, all kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey. From the LA Times, coronavirus infection leads to immunity that's comparable to a COVID-19 vaccine. What? No, this can't be. You don't say. One of the enduring questions of the COVID-19 pandemic is how much immunity people are left with after recovering from a coronavirus infection. New research suggests the level of protection is comparable to getting a vaccine, at least for a few months. At least for, they say at least, when they say that, they're saying it to make it sound like it's only for a few months. Right. But the actual argument is they know that it is at least for a few months. Yeah. They don't know that it's not longer than that. They know it's at least a few months. So you're saying we've reached or we could have reached herd immunity, which is what we've been talking about for a long time. That's insane talk right there. Crazy talk. Something Sweden figured out at least a year ago. Among a group of hundreds of thousands of Americans who tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 infection, the risk of developing a subsequent infection more than three months later was about 90% lower than it was for people who had not been previously infected and therefore had no immunity to the virus, according to researchers from the National Cancer Institute. What do they know about viruses? (laughs) For the sake of comparison, when the vaccines made by Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna were tested in phase three clinical trials, they reduced the risk of developing COVID-19 by at least 94%. So 94 versus 90. Mm -hmm. The findings published Wednesday in JAMA Internal Medicine could help inform plans. That's a that's a journal, by the way, for for medicine. Like science, the journal of American science, scientific. Medicines. We believe in real science. <laughs> it could help inform plans for returning workers to their offices, sending <laughs> students and teachers back to school campuses, and allowing more of the economy to open. God, this is the argument that people have been making the whole time, the whole time. Quote: I think we knew this that immunity <laughs> after natural infection. Lasts a long time. The LA Times is printing this. Said Dr. Monica Gandhi, an infectious disease specialist at UC San Francisco who was not involved in the new research. Quote, but it is still very exciting. Well, she doesn't know anything she, about cancer. So, I mean, we're talking about National Cancer Institute. And this Institute, is also, you know? I mean, she, this if she would have said this before the article came out, then she would have been blackballed as a doctor mm-hmm, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. knew nothing. I think we knew this, she says, that the immunity lasts a long time. Okay. Wow. Yeah, well, the, maybe the previous years of research is why people were saying that. But I had to wait for the official study to come out. Mm-hmm. There are three important things scientists need to know to understand the biological value of coronavirus antibodies, said Dr. Mitchell Katz, who leads NYC Health and Hospitals. They are, do antibodies protect against infection? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is fifth grade biology. This is something that we've always known. They're antibodies. Aren't there, isn't there a school rock song about this too? <laughs> there probably is. Can they be reliably detected with current tests? 
And if they do offer some protection, how long does it last? The new study provides reassuring answers to the first and second questions. Katz wrote in the editor's note with the company in the study. I mean, what? What disease do you get to where it doesn't? I mean, like the flu, I guess. Yeah. But that's because it evolves all the time. You get, you can have antibodies for that strain of the flu. Now, it doesn't last forever because you can get the flu again. So we're not saying that you got COVID and then you'll never get COVID again. Mm. Okay. You, these, these things obviously will wear off and they are saying that well, they don't. Viruses mutate much faster yeah. than anything else because it's, it's an RNA. Yeah. Um, the disease. The, the, what a notorious BLG is talking about is uh, how about longer than the vaccine? That's the other thing. We, we still know that they're going to be suggesting that people get vaccinated again and get booster shots again. The vaccine doesn't even doesn't last forever, mm-hmm. you know. All right, sorry, go ahead. That's fine. I just Magoo said gaslighting. That's <laughs> what they're doing. All right. After running the numbers, the researchers found themselves. They put the numbers on the treadmills. Yeah, they must have. They're perplexed. The researchers found that between three and four percent of those who originally tested negative for coronavirus antibodies later tested positive with the genetic test. This was true across all four time intervals, zero to 30 days, uh, 31 to 60, and 61 to 90. The consistency was probably a reflection of the relatively stable rate at which people in their communities were being infected at the time. Really? Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. Contrast that with the people who originally tested positive for coronavirus antibodies. Their genetic test results were positive at very high rates in the first 30 days with researchers said it was probably a sign that leftover viral particles are still being flushed from their symptoms. So what they're saying is you tested positive, and when they test 30 days later, the thing you tested positive for 30 days ago was still showing up. That's why it's still testing positive. Like Maurice right now. However, the still testing positive. Really? (laughs) Yeah. The positivity rate for the genetic test plunged to 2.7% in the second month after infection and fell to 1.1% in the third. And after those 90 days, only 0.3% of people with a past coronavirus infection had another infection that was detected with a genetic test. That coronavirus infection rate was 10 times lower than it was for people who presumably had not been previously infected. That level of protection appears to be comparable to the benefits offered by the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines and their clinical trials. The study authors noted, quote, of course, Protection, uh, protection induced by a safe vaccine is clearly preferable. Why? They were quick to add. As the population-wide risk of serious outcome from the authorized or approved vaccine is expected to be orders of magnitude lower than that from the natural infection. So what they're saying is... The viruses. Even, the, though, even though you do get some protection if you've had coronavirus before, they're saying it would still be preferable if you had that protection from a vaccine and never had to take the chance of getting coronavirus and dying from it. Well, and I would suggest that for older people, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Above the age of 65, let's say. Much safer for you to get the vaccine than it would be to go into a room full of coronavirus people to spread. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to just go get coronavirus real quick and get my immunity. That's not something we recommend for older people. No. Yeah. So, um. These findings could have been used two months ago, she added. Probably. Probably. The findings may help explain why new infections have been falling in Los Angeles County in the wake of a devastating... Um, all the way, by the way, everywhere. Texas. Everywhere. The cases are going down. Hospitalizations going down. Deaths are going down. Everything's going down. You hardly hear about it, though. 
Well, that's not news. That's not what people want to hear. So it's estimated that about one in three people in L.A. County now now have immunity to the coronavirus. That's good news. Yeah, Amazing. You know, what's interesting is our country back. I wonder if this would apply, because remember, the president and then recently the vice president both posted on Twitter saying that you need to get the vaccine or wear a mask Mm -hmm. if you haven't done that. What if you've already had coronavirus and the science is saying that the, the statistical likelihood of you getting coronavirus again is the same as if you would have been vaccinated. Mm. So can you take your mask off now? That's what Rand Paul has been doing. I mean, he's been going around without a mask. Rand Paul got coronavirus, recovered from it, even with having with one lung. all of his issues that he's had, you know, the chronic pneumonia and everything, got coronavirus, recovered from it, and then went to a hospital in Kentucky to volunteer and help people because he knew that he was immune to the coronavirus at that time because he's a doctor and we've known this for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Way before coronavirus, we knew yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what drives me insane about this is of course we hadn't done the studies on coronavirus yet, but we knew it was close to the flu. We knew it was close to SARS. It's obviously a coronavirus. We know that it's going to behave like other viruses do. And so when people came out and said, well, if I've, I've had coronavirus, I've tested positive for the antibodies, I'm safe to go around. You know what they're called? Science deniers. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. Corona, COVID deniers. That's what they are. They're just p- Republicans Bas- out there. Basing it off old science. Yeah, that's cap, man. You can't do that. Mm-mm. All right. That's why it's so frustrating to me is that we, and, and you could say, well, in March or April when we were saying this or in May or whenever we were saying stuff and other people were saying this too, that they didn't know for sure. But like all of the other things, you could use common sense and history and some past science to make these determinations before you destroy an entire economy or the entire world's economy and plunge you know, 100 million people back into hunger and end up killing 20 or 30 million more people. But you, then, can, you could use some past things that have happened before. But then Trump might have been reelected. Right? And that's that's the problem. Yeah. That really that's, is the problem. That's, you know, we might not have been able to use this pandemic to our political benefit. Uh, I try to not be a conspiracy theorist like that, but it's too obvious. It's just too obvious that that's what's really happened. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think someone drummed up the virus necessarily, but the fact that it was happening... They were able to use it to their advantage. They took advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what like I mean. Newsom by it in California, like, oh, no gatherings of what was it, ten or more people, and then he's at a birthday party for like twenty people without wearing a mask because he knew, right? He it's, knew the whole time. Yeah, but it was the elite that were able to do it. So do, do what I say, not what I do. We mentioned Dr. Rand Paul a second ago. Young Americans for Liberty posted this really, really great tweet. Uh, We've talked about this a lot, but it's important to take this all in and see what Dr. Fauci is now saying, like he has always done. Oh, well, yeah, I knew at that time, but I didn't want to be seen as someone who was throwing out conflicting. He says in this video that he knew at the time he sparred with Rand Paul over wearing two masks and whether or not it was political theater, that he knew that Rand Paul was right. He says that in this. Now, he doesn't say I knew Rand Paul was right, but he essentially says that. In this video, mm-hmm. it's super frustrating. All right, let's uh, let's play that real quick for you. Hopefully, all the volumes are right on this. Before the CDC made the recommendation change, I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, 
the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask. You're telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals, but being a fully vaccinated person, the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask. Oh, gosh. I hate that man. Here we go with the theater again. That, you know, they did something, the the left side of the media did something that's really, really tricky, very creative, you should always pay attention to. Where he says, here we go again with the theater, they they said that to make it sound like that's what Dr. Fauci was saying to Rand Paul. Like, Rand Paul's up there just, just saying all this crazy stuff, and Dr. Fauci says, oh, here we go again with the theater. So the headlines were Dr. Fauci says, here we go again with the theater to Dr. Rand Paul. And that's Rand Paul said that he was doing the political theater and it was Fauci saying back to him, here we go again with the theater. And they, but they spun can, it. The but other they way. spun it to make it sound like Fauci was saying that what Rand Paul was doing was political theater. It was very creative, honestly. But um, this is something that he's been doing this, uh, this entire time. And I think everyone knows that. In fact, I've got a good article here about how everyone knows that and why this is a bad this is a bad thing. You have time for one more, Charles? Yeah, let's okay. Go for it. All right. So, from Business Insider, they say the CDC needs to stop lying to Americans and treating us all like children. This was before they took away their mask recommendations for people who have been vaccinated. Yeah, but and what I've said the true. whole time is that people should be able to make their own decisions. We're not stupid. Yeah. You know, the politicians and, and lords, kings and queens. They've all been treating us like we're idiots from the beginning of, from the dawns of time, folks. And the truth of the matter is you're a lot smarter than you think you are. Most people are okay. And you don't need the overlords telling you what to do. So what, what this article is responding to is something that the, the CDC did. They did some trickery here and it's always good to see what the trickery is. And that's what business insider was calling out. The CDC's recommendations for outside mask wearing Here's what they said. They said your chance of getting coronavirus outside, outdoors, was less than 10%. That's what they said, which is a true statement. Mm-hmm. But what do you think the number actually is? It's less like, than 1%. It's like less than 1% yeah. is what it actually is. So what they said was true. But when they say less than 10%, people assume that it's like nine. Nine, 9%. Yeah. 9.9% is what it is. But no, it's actually less than 1%. So it's less than 95% chance that you will get coronavirus. And that's a true statement. Technically, Mm -hmm. it technically is. So here's what the article says. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, prevention, latest round the COVID safety guidelines and are unscientific and in many cases, wildly deceptive. Some cases, wildly deceptive. Willfully deceptive. Yeah, that's true. That is what that says. Willfully Mm. deceptive. The agency may think it's acting in the best interest of public health when it misleads us, but people generally don't react well to being manipulated, as they are right now. 
And that's what we're seeing right now. Fauci came out in the beginning saying, oh, you don't need masks. And then he found out. I understand why he was saying that. We, I, can, I, we can smell a gaslit fire from a, from a mile away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how you that's why you should hit that subscribe button that's right, right there. Okay. Public health messaging isn't an easy job and it's much much less enviable during a pandemic. But the excessive caution which the CDC is advising for outdoor activities this summer could prove to be the last straw for many of those who until now have diligently maintained compliance with COVID safety restrictions. Instead of using obfuscation and coddling to get Americans to take the threat of COVID seriously, the CDC should be clear on the risks and the level with the public and level with the public that some of the restrictions imposed more than a year ago when little was known about the virus are no longer necessary. Otherwise, people will rightly tune them out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, maybe they're starting to see that. I'm not really sure. So they say good lies still breed mistrust. As David Leonhart Noted Tuesday in the New York Times, the CDC is misleading the public when it says fewer than 10% of COVID transmissions occur outdoors. The actual number, epidemiologists said, is probably between 0.1 and 1%, (laughs) though it could even be less than that. Anywhere on that scale is a long way from 10%. Leonhardt described the fewer than 10% formulation as both true and deceiving, adding that there is not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions such as walking past someone on a street or eating at a nearby table. Remember that, as I say it again, there is not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions. It's not as if the CDC has access to wildly different experts than Leonhardt, so it's clear what they're doing, attempting to overcompensate for the American public it believes acts too risky. But that's a catch-22, they say, Business Insider says. Yes, large swaths of the American public have resisted basic precautions like mask wearing and social distancing wherever possible, but the CDC's rigidity and number fudging has undermined its own authority. All of this was perfectly encapsulated in the Senate committee hearing. Just hours after Leonhardt's article was published, Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine told CDC Director Walensky, I always considered the CDC to be the gold standard. I don't anymore. Boom. And that is... That is actually what the CDC needs to keep in mind is that you're supposed to take them seriously when they say things. This is what happened with Stephanie last year when What's it went that? from from uh, proper PPE equipment oh, to, the, yeah. to uh, no masks to bandanas and T-shirts and all this stuff. And she's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And so and now that I, I went to school for a long time, I am a licensed health professional and I've learned all of these things. And, and I used to trust what the CDC said, and now I know they're full of shit. Yeah. You're not, you can tell me a bandana is what I need to wear in a negative pressure room going in to take somebody, care of somebody with COVID who's on a BiPAP machine who's, that's aerosolized the virus. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and that's, that's the problem. That's the catch-22. They're no longer you, – you can't trust the people. They should – like the government should just put out the facts, and then people can decide for themselves. Businesses can decide for themselves – as we saw that they did whenever mask mandates were lifted, they still required masks to enter their store. So it's like people can most, almost no one that I know of wants to die. Okay. (laughs) Almost no one. Almost no one. There are a few people, you know, that that they're like, well, death might be a better option. And I can't really blame them sometimes as I walk through life as well. Although I'm not suggesting that folks, (laughs) um, but but at the same time, it's like 
Most people don't want to die. We do just about anything we can for safety. Okay. You know, you jump off a cliff, you have a bungee cord attached to you. you jump out of a plane, <laughs> you got a parachute. All right. Because most people who do those, who do, when we do anything, we want to survive. So the, to, to, to lie to people like this, they're going to figure it out. And then now whatever you put out is mute. No one cares whatsoever. So Walensky, who's the CDC director, thinks she's modeling good behavior by insisting it's just too dangerous for her t- teenager to go to camp. And by the way, this when she was up testifying in front of Congress, she was talking about how it was too dangerous for her teen to go to the summer camp. And that's the CDC director up there saying that mm-hmm. with no science to back it up whatsoever. In actuality, she's undermining the message that the vaccines are safe, that they are highly effective at preventing you from getting COVID, and everyone eligible should get jabbed. Getting jabbed, that doesn't sound good. They need to come up with a different <laughs> yeah. a different word for who wants to get jabbed. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone eligible should get stung. <laughs> Go get That's stung. Way worse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know. Uh, the more effective message, which also benefits the CDC's mission by being fact based, uh, would be for Walensky to state clearly that based on the low likelihood of outdoor transmission and the effectiveness of the vaccine, her vaccinated teenager is headed to summer camp. Show people that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that there is possibility of having a social life again. The CDC should be encouraging us that we'll all breathe life again much sooner if we all get the shot. We've talked about this a bunch mm-hmm. of times. They've, the government and the CDC, which is part of the government, has been undermining the vaccine as, as much as they possibly could. That is what Biden and everyone were doing. That's what Rand Paul said later on in that clip we just played was that they are undermining the vaccine because they should be showing people that if you get the vaccine, well, then it's safe. You can take your mask off. And now they should say that if you've had coronavirus, then you should, then it's safe and you should take your mask off. And that way they can either incentivize people to get the vaccine or to get the coronavirus. <laughs> All right, that's not what I meant, really. <laughs> Instead... We're left with the CDC guidelines that force children to wear masks at all times, even outdoors, and make campers socially distanced by six feet, even outdoors, despite the evidence much of this is overkill. But the government's medical authority has spoken. Kids must continue to suffer needlessly out of an overabundance of caution because the CDC is unwilling to give it to the American public straight. Of course they ain't, man. They just ain't willing. They don't like personal responsibility. Mm. They don't want to put the facts out there Mm-mm. and say, here's the risk. Okay, this is what the actual risks are based on all the facts. And you make your own decisions, man. Guess what? Most people are going to act on their own self-interest. And included in that self-interest is also their family not dying from COVID and their community not dying from COVID and and the whole country not dying from COVID too. Mm -hmm. That's also in their self-interest. But when they send all these mixed signals out there, you end up getting people who want to defy what the CDC says which is maybe what I've done before. I'm not really sure. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. You end up getting people who want to do that, and you end up actually making the problem worse, which is something the government's really good at doing, mm-hmm. is making the problem worse. They're, they're, that's probably one of their best uh, things they're good at, man. Like that, on a list of things the government does well, it's make things worse. Yes. Yeah. That's... <laughs> All right, man, take, take us out of here. All right, if you love today's show, which I know you did, then you need to subscribe and share. Rate, review, whatever you want to call it. Just share it. Leave us a note on one of them apps. Apple Podcasts, I think, is the number one. That, that helps with the charts, folks. And the, the, the higher you are on the charts, the more likelihood that more people are going to find it. So that's how you spread liberty for free. 
and uh, tell the children. I mean, obviously the children need to hear this message because what else are they getting from the CDC and everyone else? Not good. All right. It ain't good. So tell the folks, tell the family, tell the children, and maybe you should play this episode at the next camp you host for all you camp hosts out there. And uh, if you do all of that, then we will be back again tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty. Liberty.